My name is Belinda Granger and I'm the professional liaison for Challenge Family. I'm also known throughout the triathlon world as being a bit of a mother hen to the pro athletes. Of course, given the current circumstances, I've been thinking about the athletes a lot lately. So we came up with the idea of Coffee Calls with Belinda, which basically gives me and you an opportunity to check in with them all and see how they're all going. So welcome to the official Challenge Family podcast. I think it's time for a coffee. And welcome back to Coffee with Belinda. Uh, I am Belinda Granger and I have a very special guest with me this evening. Uh, he is in New Zealand, so just across the pond, not too far away from where I am here. <laughs> uh, welcome to Renzo Bazzoni. Hey, Belinda. Good to be on with you. Now, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long, long time. It's, it's, uh, it's a known fact that you are one of my all-time favourite pro triathletes, um, not just because you're an all-round gorgeous guy and, and also happen to be one of the best-looking guys on the circuit, but um, <laughs> you, you, I think you've been a favourite of many a female athlete over the last, uh, gee, how many years have you been racing now? I was going to say decade, but it's way longer than that. Sorry, I just had some uh, some quick technical difficulties difficulties there. No problem. We're we all we all back in it, right? Um. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Cool. Cool. <laughs> very very professional here. Oh um, yeah. Well, you know me. My professional's my middle name. <laughs> yeah. Getting uh getting back into socialising with with outside people after oh. being on lockdown here is uh yeah a, a new experience. I could only imagine it'd be like being a caveman coming out into the big wide world again. Yeah. <laughs> I had to make sure I had um yeah, shaves every couple of weeks just to uh yeah, make sure I kind of my, my kids knew that the end of the world wasn't looming. No, well, I think we've all been in that position. I know here in Australia obviously our lockdown was nowhere near as significant as the lockdown they had in New Zealand, but I was having to actually write down uh, when I was washing my hair because it was getting to a point in time where I'd go a week and I hadn't washed my hair. So I'm like, this is not good. This is not the way I want to be. So <laughs> I think we've all, we've all been there. We've all been there. So it's a pretty pretty weird weird thing to do. And it's certainly something that I didn't think I would be doing in my lifetime. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, I can't believe it. But I, I guess looking at it, it's, it'll be a good story to tell. Uh, in yeah, 10, 20, 30 years time down the track. Yeah, well, and it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. It's, you, you saw these memes going around that your, uh, your grandparents or your great grandparents, they got asked to go to war. You've been asked to stay at home. That's oh, crazy. I know. Uh, and yet we, yet, yet we complain about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it was nice. It was, and the, the, we live, uh, in quite a busy area and it was just nice to see people, Spending time with their families, so a lot, lot of families out uh, with their kids, and and for us, uh, our big, we, we we went into it um, with a bit of a goal. I, I mean, I wanted to keep ticking over with training in the background, and it was kind of hard to have a have a number goal with training. But we we said, well, we we kind of lived curiously through our son, and uh, we set his goal of being able to ride on two wheels by the end of lockdown. Oh, that's and awesome! We bribed him, bribed him very well, and. Sure enough, on the last day of level four here, he uh, yeah he, he got on two wheels and he's been loving it. That's unreal. And there's nothing. <laughs> let's be let's be um, honest. There's nothing wrong with a good bribe. I mean, no. I, I love a good bribe. Fantastic. Parenting one hundred and one. 
<laughs> yep, it is. It's the way to do it. Hey, I, I work by bribes. Bribe me to do anything. Uh, <laughs> but that's unreal. So he, so he, he's he now riding a two wheeler. So yep, perfect. Yep, yep, no, it's uh, it's good. And yeah, I, I came back from a five hour ride the other day, and I was ready to ready to jump in the shower and eat some food. And and he was like, oh, Dad, can I? Can you take me riding? I'm like, okay, oh, cool. I'll, I'll run. I'll run next to you while we go for a ride. And I was like, no, no, I want to go riding while you're on your bike as well. So yeah. we, we rode uh, rode around the lake together, and that was yeah, it was, it's it's cool. It's yeah, you kind of look at it, and you you know, being a professional triathlete, you don't want to push your kids into this stuff. Um, no, no. But it, when they do, when they do pick it up, it's quite rewarding. Absolutely. Well, I know uh, both Luke and Beth McKenzie, with their youngest Marlo, um, was on a was on one of her her older sister's bikes for quite some time. A little, it was just a, a tiny little bike, and she's just moved up to a big girl's bike. And just the look on her face, and you know that sense of achievement. So I, I totally get it. It's it's you know they're not yeah. even they're not my kids, but just seeing some of the photos and videos they've put up, it's just it's a lo- it's a lovely thing to see. Yeah, it is cool. It is cool. Uh, sorry for boring everyone with kids' stories. Oh, Got no, plenty of photos that anyone wants to see. Hey, let, let's be honest though, T. Your your two children are without a doubt the best looking kids. I still see photos and shake my head. They are the best looking children I've ever seen. I say, Mum and Dad, Mum and Dad aren't too bad. I understand, but thank you. <laughs> but uh, thank you. Kids, I just I just hope oh. they're mine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they are. <laughs> they look it, but they're just beautiful and and completely different personalities too. The both of them, um, which I love. Uh, it, you know, when I've seen them, been with them a couple of times, um, chalk and cheese in personality, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, they're uh, and it's cool. You you don't want it'll be boring if they were the same. Exactly. But our, our son's very very gentle and kind, and and he go out of his way do things for people and our daughter just rip shit and bust and she'll uh go out of her way to make her brother go crazy um we're very blessed and we thank our lucky stars every night so absolutely yeah. now listen to moving on to something a, a little bit more serious um obviously one of the reasons that i really wanted to talk to you in particular as a professional triathlete is because we look at we look at the last few years for you. Obviously, the big, yeah, one of the biggest horrible moments in your life was that horrific accident that you had, which seriously almost took your life. I mean, we're not exaggerating when we say that. It, it literally, I get goosebumps still thinking about it. And um, it was, I mean, I couldn't even imagine what it was like for yourself, for your family, for Kel. Um, I know for the triathlon world, it was just, you know, we waited with bated breath that you would come out the other side. You did. Of course you did. Um, you made a great comeback. You were about to race again, and then, of course, you had another setback where you came down with a, with an injury. You were back from that injury, ready to rock again, and then, of course, coronavirus hit, and New Zealand, <laughs> yeah, New Zealand went into full shutdown, straight to level four. Um, you know, we didn't experience level four in Australia. Yeah. So we, we don't even know what it was about. So you, you've been dealt a pretty bloody rough hand over the last few years. Yeah, it's been a been a rough rough couple of years, but I think every well they say everything happens in threes. So hopefully the accident, the uh, the injury, and and, and COVID will uh, count count as my three, and it'll be all smooth sailing from here. Um, but yeah, no, it was it, it has been a really rough few years, and and it makes you kind of makes you well after, after my accident, it was 
um, it was a big kind of, I guess, test or uh, come to Jesus kind of moment. Like, yeah, is this yeah. what you want to be doing? Is this is this is this your direction still? And and I didn't even need to sit on that. I was like, no, I've still got unfinished business in triathlon. I still love the sport. I love the journeys. I love the people, and I want to I want to keep going. So so that was a very easy easy thing to get get past and and get motivated to get back going. I uh, had a couple of good results, and then yeah, last year tra- training was going really good. Uh, unfortunately, just couldn't couldn't get the results in the early season that I thought my form represented, mm. and that was that was quite frustrating. Um, and then had a bit of bad luck in races with double flat tire and and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in Vietnam. But um, and then the Achilles, which has kind of been my Achilles heel for most of my career, decided to flare up again. Um, yeah, the second half of the season and. And that ruled me out of Kona again. Um, and finally, at the end of, I think on the 20th of December, I went under the knife for a bit of a clean-up on the Achilles. And that's been progressing well. And training oh, was progressing well. I was I was looking forward to heading over to uh, Shep. Um, yeah, Challenge Shep. Yep. Challenge Shep yep. on the uh, beginning of April to April? kind of kick off, oh. kick off the racing. <laughs> oh. And next minute, uh, yeah, yeah, we're all on lockdown and... Life as life as we knew it was quite different, um, but yeah, again, it's you kind of you appreciate the stuff you do have in your life. Uh, for me, I'm I'm very fortunate with my family, my wife, and my kids. I'm I feel very blessed with that. Um, I'm very fortunate that for the sponsors that have stuck by me, um, that that yeah, that are there for the journey, and and hopefully the 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 best part of the journey is yet to come. And yeah, I'm fortunate for my health. Finally, yeah. yeah uh, yep. So everything is okay. So you physically are in a good place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Training, training has been going good. Swimming's a little bit behind the eight ball. Well, I think um, you you won't be alone there. So that's the only blessing yeah. about that. But <laughs> so we're we're back in the pool, and uh, that seems to be progressing up quite nicely. Uh, cycling and running has been great. I've I've got a yeah, I've got a pretty good setup here uh, on Zwift in the garage. So I've been yeah. getting a bunch done on that and. And a bunch of outdoor stuff the last three or four weeks as well. So, yeah, fit, fitness is good. Um, it's looking like on the schedule, I guess September. Uh, there's a bit of stuff in Aussie, sunny coast, um, a few Ironmans. I'd, I'd like to qualify for Kona, which is oh, now yeah. in February. February, um, which would and, be nice. Was, yeah, yeah, and it was just a bit of a shame because I was I was really looking forward to Collins Cup and the whole PTO. Oh, me too. Um, me too. Yeah, it's been taking off, but I guess we'll have to. Um, yeah, keep our fingers crossed for the yeah the PTO half half distance world champs. Yeah, in December in Daytona. Look, it's that's gearing up to be an incredible race. I I know when we talk like this, we are still talking with a lot of unknowns. But you know, the way I've been looking at it is, we can be negative and we can say stuff. But I'm just going to give up in the whole year and say there's nothing till 2021. <laughs> but that's not my personality. It's I don't think it's yours, and I don't think it's any professional triathlete I mean you train to race so if there's any chance of, of participating in any races this year then you you, you guys are going to grab it by the horns aren't you yeah exactly and, and a big race like that I mean it's got good prize money it'll have good good exposure and yeah. and it'll probably be the only I guess stacked stacked field, stacked field for, the year. Yeah. for the year so that, that'll yeah that'll be really exciting to be a part of and and yeah it's, it's hard not to to have everything up in the air, a big question mark over everything, it makes it 
makes it difficult to go to keep going every day. But yeah. but I guess I mean for us triathletes, we do it because we we love to love, it. We love to love to have the feeling of being fit. We love to set ourselves goals with our training sessions and, and achieve those goals or struggle to achieve them. And when you finish a training workout, that it feels that much sweeter. And also, there's that progressive like progressive gains that you'll that yeah. you'll make over over time by by staying on and, and working on different aspects of of uh yeah of the swim bike run and it sounds like you've because what i what i wanted to know about the new zealand is obviously because australia new zealand very very close we often do things very very similarly um our government's quite similar yeah, you guys copy us at everything and that's right we do that's we're amazing we <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't tell people that. We'd say you copy us, but I have to admit, we, we actually get a little bit jealous because um, obviously we love your Prime Minister and, and I don't know one Aussie that doesn't love New Zealand and I'm just so grateful that I got to go there earlier this year to challenge Wanaka uh, and get, get my Kiwi yeah, fit. Yeah. So I still like look back then and my attitude when I was there was just so carefree and lucky and, yeah, I'm at another race and I have a challenge Wanaka. It's one of my favourites, whatever. And then to think, you know, a month later, it's it's all over. So it's yeah. crazy for me to think that, yeah, back in February, that's where I was. But uh, mentally, because obviously we had a little bit different when it came to, to the lockdown and um, isolation, you guys went immediately into stage four. We sort of hovered around stage three. Um, so we had a lot more freedom, I, I, so to speak, than what you did. And so, you know, I'm just... It's curious for me to talk to, to a pro athlete who's used to spending, let's be honest, 90% of their time outdoors. All of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you're inside 24-7. Um, mentally, I know the first week or two might have been all right, but be honest with me, T, towards the end, mentally, was it was it a grind? Were there days where you just wanted to pack it in and say, I'm, I'm done? Um, no, we managed to keep the variety up quite, quite well. Um, and... Yeah, like I said, I, I mean, since my accident a couple of years ago, um, yeah, I'm <laughs> uh, allowed to ride uh, on the road a lot less than oh, I was course. previously. Okay, um, yep. <laughs> so yeah, I was. I mean, I was doing four to five rides a week on the trainer, and and I'd go out for one to two long long rides um, on the road a week. So I mean, those those big endurance rides, they they did suffer, um, but I mean, I've got a good treadmill in the garage and. And it's just nice. It was nice to be home, and it just felt like the whole pace of life slowed down. Yeah, and that I was agree. that was really yeah. That was just nice, just to kind of take a chill pull, have a have a breath, and and not not be stressed about the training. And and it's funny. It's you you like to you like to train with a goal in mind, but but when you're when you like I find sometimes when I'm starting to get close to a race, you start freaking out, putting a bit too much pressure on yourself, and mm. to out to to achieve those numbers. Whereas there was no pressure to achieve numbers because... <laughs> that wasn't it. Yep, exactly. So you yeah, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanted yeah. to go good, but you it wasn't the end of the world if you had a bad, bad if workout. If you didn't. No, you're dead right. And you've been doing quite a few of the... Obviously, you said you, you, you use Zwift. And I know, speaking to Beth and Luke McKenzie, you've been t joining in on a few of those Zwift rides with them in the mornings. I think they said yeah. that you're on there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, a really like cool that. concept. Yeah, Cam Brown, right at the beginning of lockdown, he kind of uh, he went out of his way to reach out to the the guys at Swift and and try to organise organise that ride and that um yeah try uh, try Bunchy down under ride on Monday morning. Um, yeah, what eventuated from it and it's 
yeah, it gets, gets a good turnout, bit of bit of Aussie Kiwi banter, and then a few token Americans jumping in there, which is of fun. Course. Oh, that's unreal. I, yeah, I mean, I've it's seen, crazy. I've seen some of the racing, um, some of the, the with the virtual racing, yep. and I am going to stay away with that. Stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> like the plague, uh, like it, that can be that can be my that can be my version of COVID nineteen. I'm like You're the way out. that the, the watch those guys are pushing and oh. the speed they're going is just ridiculous. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> well, I spoke to when I spoke to Josh Anberger last week about that. He was yeah because he did the last race obviously, and he was absolutely blown away. He said he got he got left in their dust. So yeah. he was um yeah he said he got a good wake up call, and we all know Josh is a phenomenal bike rider. So yeah. yeah. I, and it's always the talk now when I, I've been meeting the girls like Melissa Hauschildt and Beth McKenzie and a few others down um, at the beach on a Tuesday and a Thursday just for a casual swim. And they're always talking about the watts per kilo. I mean, of course, I have no idea what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, watts per kilo. Um, watts yeah, per kilo yeah. and, and how can she be pushing that much and she only weighs this amount. And it's just hilarious. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> it's good because it's, it's I suppose it's, it's giving people something to talk about, something to, a bit of gossip. So... And for a lot of people, yeah, yeah, keeping them motivated. So, yeah, yeah no. it's pretty funny. It is yeah. pretty funny. Now, T, <laughs> you... <laughs> True. <laughs> at least. In the real world, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge in December. Exactly, that's right. It'll be very interesting to see if there's any um, different results on the, fi- on the real playing field. But... Yeah. Now, T... You are renowned for racing a lot. So before the accident, obviously, when everything was going well, uh, you raced as much as I'd say Cam Worth is now racing. Um, it was crazy. There was sometimes, you know, five races in a row. And with each race, uh, your form seemed to get better and better. So sometimes it wasn't the first or second race where you sh- where you shone. It was sometimes the fourth or fifth race where you actually came out all guns a-blazing and then just blowing the field away. Um, was this something that you consciously set out to do or it was just – so you, you sat down with your coach and you said, okay, let's target these five races back-to-back or four races back-to-back-to-back-to-back um, or – it just happened that way. Like you just, you did a race. You thought, you know what? I'm not happy. I'm, I want another one. Um, what was what was the psychology behind that? Because no one else does it really. I mean, apart from Cam Worth, who we know is crazy. Uh, he's uh, you're, a, you're bringing back some great memories. Um, I mean, it was, I guess it's a little bit of that cycling mentality, ra- racing yourself into shape. Yeah. Um, there, there's a little bit of that, but but I mean, most of it uh, was <laughs> there was more of a method than there was madness. Um, I mean, if you look at my overall, my schedule over the whole year, probably race-wise, um, the number of races isn't that much more than, right. than most of the guys. Uh, I think on average I'm between, yeah, 12 and 14 races a year. Uh, it's just that just that I do them so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it would, it would be like I would, I would do a block of training and I would, I would want to get in really good shape before the block of racing started. And it, it would just, the way, yeah, I guess the way my build-ups worked, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be um, carrying good form for an extended period of time. I would, I would build up, I would get to good form, and I'll try capitalize on that good form, and then go into, go into a recovery, a little bit of an off cycle, and then build up for the next, the next block, which generally is 10 to 12 weeks, a good six, seven, eight weeks of building, and then two to three races at the end of it. Yeah. Um, 
so we kind of we yeah we we <laughs> we had thought about it quite well and, and for some well for some reason um i yeah I, I definitely found probably on the second race that's where my form would be coming up quite nicely um second race third race it, it all depends on the distances of course but yeah. uh generally second and third race is quite good by the time you get to the fourth race you're losing a bit of that endurance fitness um and then just the fatigue from traveling but uh i yeah i really enjoy it and, and when you're when you're going good and your fitness is good it's yeah nothing nothing beats that that no. feeling of just being in the zone uh yeah, everything's every, your recovery is down. You you know what to do. You know what to eat. You know you know where you are. Um, and and traveling. That's funny. I I did a block in 2017. I, I went from New Zealand, Cabo 70.3, Island House in the Bahamas, um, Bahrain 70.3, and then Ironman WA. And, that's right. Uh, and you two, had a blinder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two firsts and two seconds, and it was yeah. There was there was no jet lag problems. But it's funny, you, you do that in any other circumstance, you, you'd be struggling. Like, if, if, yeah, if things didn't line up as well as they had, you would be struggling from, from one trip to the next. But this was just, yeah, it was like clockwork and, and smooth sailing the whole way through, which, which I was very fortunate for. And that's incredible because those races you just mentioned are all over completely different distances. And just the amount of kilometres that you travel to get to those races, that's insane. That's oh, what yeah. I told the New Zealand Olympic selectors. I'm like, it's swim, bike, run. It doesn't matter the distances. They didn't want to hear me. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. And I'm assuming this was the Island House race where you had the um, sprint finish for first? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. God's sake. That's... <laughs> so ben, ben Canute. I thought I had him. I thought I had him. I, he he oh. had cracked and he came back and got me. A, yeah, yeah. But uh, that would that will definitely be in, in the memory memory bank for uh for the rest of my life that was no, just, just an amazing incredible. experience it was it was incredible and t you're also renowned um and i know this because i know that back in the day luke mckenzie used to be quite a big volume athlete when he was training and i did quite back when i was an athlete now we're really going back i used to do quite a quite a bit with luke um and i used to think he did a lot but then he would tell me about some of the crazy weeks you would have and some of them would be up to close to is this an exaggeration or close to 50 hours a week on there, some there's, there's, there's been one or two one or two wow. in my career at that but not not, not too many yeah. um yeah that, those were the early days uh i mean arthur Lady it was a was a big running coach um and he was all about the over over distance, over distance. um yeah. so kind of it was it was a little bit of that philosophy that that we took into into our training and and it actually it works. Um, it works at times, and but I, I think as I've gotten older, I probably don't need so much of that mileage, uh, mm. and and I've actually quite enjoyed the yeah more conditioning side of things, and and it means that I can do more indoors that way. You're not you're not trying to do five, six, seven hour rides, um, and and also with the younger family, it makes it more time efficient. But yeah. I tell you what, those those hard workouts take. <laughs> take probably more out of you than uh than those long aerobic ones oh definitely no i i agree i mean when you get yourself that fit as a, as a professional athlete to go out for a five or six hour cruisy ride it actually isn't that difficult it's just long um but some yeah. of those short intense sessions yeah they they are just you're left on the floor dying yeah i, I don't uh dan plues is my coach and i don't know where he comes up with some of the workouts <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but in, in his defence, he uh, yeah he generally doesn't doesn't give them to me out of the blue. He usually usually tests them out on himself, and and uh, our FTP number is pretty similar. He's, he's ah. a little bit uh, so I, I got a bit more speed, but our yeah our FTP is 
pretty similar. So yeah, he he'll message me in the morning and say, "Yep, sweet, I, I've done this workout. Now it's your turn." And I'm like, "Oh, sheesh." <laughs> So you've got, you've got no excuses because you know he's done it. You can't let him down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's insane. And how long have you been with Dan now? You've been with him for quite some time. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, we started we started working together in 2017. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Near the end of 2017. Um, and yes, yeah, so I I mean my my coach before that, John Ackland, we're we're still on great terms, and and he's helped me my whole career basically since I was a since I started triathlon. Um, Dan and I were just at the stage that we were we were training quite a bit uh, together when well over the weekends at least um, early in the mornings and and he was going through a similar phase in his life with a young kid that, that we were in and just uh, yeah and we got on quite well and thought we'd just yeah uh, a, a fresh a fresh adventure and and it's been good and uh, I, mean, I I enjoy yeah, I've enjoyed the difference in training yeah. and. Just, yeah, I guess the slightly different approach. No, I mean it's uh, obviously for athletes, particularly because you've been in the sport now. And T, uh, I'm going to ask you to give away. In it as long as you. I was going to say this is because I was trying to work it out before I got on the call tonight. I, I wanted, I did a little bit of research, but obviously you have been in the sport for an incredibly long time, and you, you came in obviously as a junior uh, racing short course, uh, but you've been racing long course now for for a long time. Um, how old were you when you first started? Fourteen. Fourteen, and of course, uh, New Zealand. That's like year. normal. Oh, that's insane! So twenty-one years now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and of course, yeah. New Zealand's one of the most incredible countries as far as juniors go, um, and the sport. I mean, it's in all the schools. It's part of the school curriculum. I always get blown away when I go over there and see like the Weetbix. Um, children's series yeah. uh, it's in the thousands like you say the kids race with the hundreds but this is they're always in the thousands it's it's just unbelievable it, it is great it is great we just uh i guess need to find a way for for transitioning those yeah. young kids into, into the sport a little bit longer but it's um i mean that's that's the cool thing like having young kids as well you you look at the the all sets that they should learn growing yeah. up and and swimming, being able to swim, especially being in New Zealand and, and Australia, is very important. very important. And being able being able to ride a bike is pretty important. And most kids will will yeah will pick up running one way or another, running away from bullies or <laughs> running towards uh, the tuck shop or the dairy. I love it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's the cool thing about triathlon at a young age, especially with that that, that Kiwi Kids event series has. Is that it? Kind of uh, it gets these kids into it, and I've yeah, I've got my my nephew. He's 11 years old, um, and they were around the other day when when I was on Zwift on the trainer, and he was he was telling me how he had his Zwift account set up. His dad had set him up his Zwift account, no and way. he was like, "Bring his dad, puts him on the thing." I'm like, "Oh my, oh, well here's my treadmill. Do you want to go grab the iPad and we can uh, jump on the treadmill and run with me?" And he ended up running 8k's on the treadmill next to me doing a doing a couple-hour workout on, on Zwift on the bike. That's unreal. That's yeah, unreal. Yeah, it's cool seeing, seeing young kids that are just so so amped about yeah. uh, but, swim bike. But let's be honest, though. New Zealand kids, I, you, you breed them tough over there. I don't know if it's because of the weather. Um, I mean, obviously, triathlon in Australia with the juniors is, is a big deal too, but it just that the New Zealand athletes just seem to have that something extra. I mean, I think about... All the athletes, Cam Brown, Braden Curry, Mike Phillips, uh, Dylan McNeese, yourself, 
I, you're all hard asses, <laughs> and I, I, I try and think what the difference is. And I'm not saying that we don't have some incredible athletes here in Australia. We, of course, we do, but you guys, you just seem to be bred just that little bit tougher than than most. Yeah, well, you know, you know, you're not going to get tough living in Noosa, Belinda. <laughs> this is a coffee true. shop every hundred meters, <laughs> <laughs> and the and the weather, the weather in winter is nice and balmy. <laughs> I always love it. I always love it when um, Braden, Braden Curry and um, Cam Brown have been coming over here uh, for our winters yeah. for the last few years. And, you know, you see Cam and, and Braden riding around town in the mornings. We're all rugged up in bloody arm warmers and jackets <laughs> and beanies and God knows what else. And then you've got Cam and Braden running in nothing but Nixon in a jersey and that's it. And they're like, this is heaven. It's balmy. It's perfect. And we're like, we're all freezing and we can't stand it. And, of course, if there's any water on the ground, oh, no one goes out riding then. But yeah. we'll always see Cam and Braden out there. So it, it really yeah. does make me laugh, the difference. <laughs> well, we, we, we were fortunate enough to get over there for, I think, six or seven weeks last year. And, yeah, yeah it was great. And we've been... The weather, the weather in New Zealand is dipping very, very quickly. So we're waiting for the Trans Tasman bubble to open up, so we can, uh, we can jump across the Noosa and, um, yeah, spend a bit more time, extend our, extend our summer at the beach a bit longer. Yeah, well, look, we're we're hoping that that's the situation as well. I know uh, Braden's desperate to get back over here and do some training, and it's funny because uh, I was only looking at the temperature for this week because we've had a pretty lousy week weather-wise here. It's been a bit of rain. Um, and Saturday, I get mid-20s. Yeah, well, <laughs> a bit of yeah, rain in mid-20s. Yeah, mid-20s. Don't tell people. But in, in saying that, this Saturday morning, it's dipping down nine degrees it's supposed to be this Saturday morning. Now, that, that's legit That's legit temperatures for, for the coming of winter. So yeah, That's Auckland weather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it'll be interesting to see who gets out early or who, who decides not to go out till about nine when it warms up a bit. But, yeah, we, we definitely yeah. do. We definitely do get a little soft uh, living here in Noosa. It, it's definitely the case. Um, now, T, talking about being a little older and wiser, um, and yes. I certainly don't look at you as being older. I, I still, I still think you're uh, definitely young. Um, but well, you've definitely been. You, well, you've definitely been in the sport a long time. So we could we could say in that respect, you know, you're you're a grandfather of the sport. But age wise, you. you know, you're still young. Um, Thank you. But can you get away now uh, with the sort of – do you think you can get away now with the sort of training volume and race – well, when I say race volume, uh, packing races closely together, do you think that, let's say, 2021 when we have a full year of racing, um, will that be your approach to try and to fit in quite a lot of races in a short period of time or will, will you now spread them out a little bit more evenly because you are getting older and obviously you take a little longer to recover, et cetera, or will got, the mentality I've got three be – to- Three years? three years to catch up on. The last three years, I've got to catch up on it. I'll be racing every weekend for 2021. Well, you know, and, and mentally, I'm sure that's what you want to do. And I, I think that's going to be, it's funny you should bring that up, but I think it's going to be very interesting to see a lot of professional athletes that want to race because they just miss it so much. And are they going to try and pick all these races and end up in a heat by mid-year? Um, and then you've got the other pro athletes, Terenzo, that rely you know, a big chunk of their income relies on racing. So they've got no choice but to race, you know, to make a living. So it's going to be very, very interesting, um, particularly now that Kona has been rescheduled for February and then again in October. That's It's going to be a really difficult thing to plan and something that none of us, no athletes have had to do before. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I think it is going to be difficult. And 
Well, I'm not the the bit that's worked for me is I'm not going out if I'm racing four weeks in a row. I'm not going out and racing Kona four weeks in a row. Um, you kind of you have that that race that you can dig to that that next level. Maybe you can do that once or twice a year. Um, whereas most of the other races, you're you're going hard for sure, and you you're walking funny the next day, but but you're not taking that that life support energy out of your system. So it's it's not draining you on a on a deep deep level. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to do it right. week in week out. And uh, no, I've definitely felt that 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 works for me. Get get fit, do a bunch of races at that uh yeah that medium well medium high end capacity and and then when uh when the big big races come on the cards like Kona in February um that'll be yeah just try and coil that spring up nicely so you're ready to yeah. pounce there won't won't be a lot of a lot of racing going into that but I do I yeah in 2017 when I was uh six in Kona mm-hmm. I raced um Cozumel 70.3 two weeks before yeah uh, wow Three, three, three weeks, uh, two or three weeks before, and that that seemed to work really well for me. But it was, yeah, just a good kind of stepping stone. Like, like I said, the second race always seems to be a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course, I mean, different distances. So that's obviously something that you and your coach look into as well. It's not like you'd be racing a full distance race three weeks out from another full distance race. You, there is strategy there in the distances that you're doing and where, where you actually place them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then Island House comes along, and you just grit your teeth and keep your fingers crossed and hope yeah. for the best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, no talking idea about what's talking about interesting races, because the, obviously the PTO announced uh, that they want to have their middle distance um, world championships at Challenge Daytona. It won't be over the middle distance, or what we know as middle distance. Um, it's going to be slightly shorter, so it's actually a really interesting distance. Wow. Um, yeah, so it, just because of the way it is in the track, um, yeah. it's not going to be a full half distance or middle distance event. It's just slightly shorter. So it's going to be interesting because I'm, I am assuming that, uh, there will be quite a few shorter course athletes attending, um, uh, obviously some Olympic distance yeah. athletes attending, yeah. which yeah. is going to make it very, very interesting um dynamic with the with the longer course athletes and obviously Lionel Sanders won the race last year in Daytona uh and credit unbelievable race I was there for it and it was a phenomenal race where he went head-to-head with Pablo de Pina from Spain um and it literally came down to the wire it was a great race to watch um same with the women's race with Lucy Charles and Paula Finlay with Paula who was renowned obviously renowned as being a shorter course athlete over Lucy and was able to Um, breakaway so it's going to be even more interesting this year because obviously we're going to have the top 40 ranked pto athletes and i've looked at the top 40 and they are predominantly long course athletes um and then of course uh they they're, we're anticipating that there'll be some shorter course athletes in the mix so it is going to be yeah, quite yeah. an interesting race i mean nothing's been um confirmed as yet we do know that that the top 40 pto ranked athletes will be invited um, but yeah, I'm, I am really, I mean, I was really looking forward to the Collins cup, of course, um, yeah. when that fell okay. through, but now, now with this, and, well, and the only great thing is we know the Collins cup will be back next year. Um, so that's fantastic to look forward to in 2021, but for 2020 being at the end of this year, will it be something, obviously Kona will be the focus for you in February. And then, um, will you change your training? Will you, and the co- and your coach, Dan, 
specifically do some shorter, faster, um, you know, really red line um, training sessions to get yeah, prepared. Yeah, good, good question. It will be interesting and, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it for I know Dan it's a long way away. But, decide, <laughs> but uh, we, yeah, but, um, I mean, with, with, like, for example, with, with Island House, preparing for that that we didn't really do a lot of at there wasn't a lot of track work there wasn't a lot of real high-end stuff no it was more that solid temp the 70.3 type work and and we're definitely starting to incorporate um, i mean it's quite early now but we're we're incorporating those kind of those 70.3 those uh, mm. little bit higher power the the higher running speed um workouts back yeah back into the training already so hopefully by the time september comes around we'll we'll yeah, be be able to hit good numbers in workouts um, cons- consistently, and and we can build on that through racing in September, October, November, December. Yeah. Um, I yeah, it's again, who knows who knows what's going to happen with with races. Our our, our border is going to open, our country is going to open, our race is going to go ahead. Um, I still have to qualify for Kona, which uh, yes. is yeah, um, yeah, to to be able to race race in February. Um, I think being able to prepare in New Zealand while while the weather here over summer isn't quite as hot as Noosa, uh, we we do have pretty yeah pretty good weather in summer. It, it does get nice and warm, so so that's good preparation for for Hawaii for February. Um, and it just it just eats into my my social schedule because usually I <laughs> yes, kind of kick back true. kick back relax and have a few beers over over Christmas time. <laughs> Actually, you've just you've made a really good point, T, because I think that's the same for most pro athletes the world over. Um, December is a time off for everyone. You know, you you, you yeah. get through Kona. Uh, obviously, the great thing about Daytona and the PTO Championship is it's early December, so you can just push it along, um, get that done in December. But then, yeah. when you would normally take a break, you guys have got to then start ramping it up to get ready for Kona in February. So it's going to be a completely yeah. different. I know it's. I didn't even think <laughs> about it. Oh, it's. But, uh. but I mean, you will still. Obviously, you will still. If you'll take a little bit of time off uh, over Christmas, um, even if it's just very short, just to enjoy Christmas, that, that can't do any harm um, because you'll obviously still have all of January to prepare. But yeah, yeah the, it's a fine line. The things that I've noticed with, uh, I guess, with age and, and with time is, um, yes, I do need uh, those those little off season breaks along the way that that fit well. But I, I mean, I really enjoy getting out and training. I enjoy, yeah, I enjoy that. And even even around Christmas time, yeah. usually usually my brother comes home and. Um, if we spend a bit of time on Waiheke Island, which is an island just out of Auckland, we'll we'll go mountain biking most days. Um, there's yeah, I mean when he's home, it's for my brother when he 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 works in the alcohol industry. He works for Heineken in Amsterdam. Oh, so right. so when he comes to New Zealand, it's it's his detox and it's his training camp. So oh, well, that's good for you so, then. But, wow. Yeah, that that aspect of it works quite well because he he doesn't want to go out and have a drink or he just he just comes to comes home and he wants he wants to train as hard as he can. So that, oh, it's yeah, like a fitness well. camp. That's, that's pretty good, actually, because over Christmas, I basically, the, the only thing that gets me out of bed and gets me training is to justify the food and the wine <laughs> over Christmas because it's always ridiculous. Um, yeah. So that's the reason I love getting up and going training. But that's a, that's actually a good thing to have the brother, your brother home wanting to actually get fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the hard part with him is trying to get him to have a beer with me. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. But, yeah, again, it's just – it must. I think the hardest thing for athletes right now is just us talking about this and, and 
and planning and saying, well, this is how we'll do this, this and this. But then at the end of the day, none of us really know what's going to happen and whether any of these races are going to be able to go ahead. I I hope they I hope we can salvage something towards the end of the year. Um, and that's certainly my plan because it's funny. I obviously haven't raced for, you know, six, seven years now. I think I've been retired and I'm sure I miss attending events as much as you guys do, as much as the professional athletes do, because it's, it's such a big part of my life. So I am busting to get to an event. I don't even care what one it is as long as it's an event where I can <laughs> and, and be out there when, and be amongst it when you're racing. I just, I love it. And I, I feed off it. So I, 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 I live through you guys racing. I love it. So it's, it's been horrible. It's been a really strange experience. It is, yeah. That is a great feeling going to different races and and experiencing the the energy from the races and the people at the races and and that's yeah, that's that's why I love it. It's just that's yeah. so much fun. Like you said, it's just yeah, it's what, what you live for. It's kind of boring if you just just uh, there was yeah, no no races going no on. Races. You just uh, stuck at home training. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah. talking talking about the races and as you said, it is. It's such a big part of your life. I mean, the sport of triathlon. You've been in it for twenty one years. So it's not just a profession for you, Terenzo. It's not just a, a means to make to make a living. It's 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 part of it's such a big part of your life. Like for so many professional athletes, I know. I mean, if we talk about Cam Brown um, and Craig Alexander, who are two of the most prestigious in my eyes. I yeah. mean, I adore them both. They've been in the sport forever. They're still both doing incredibly well, and they still both love it, like they did back <laughs> when they first started. So speaking about you. Um, realistically how many more years are you even looking at that are you have you got a plan to say okay for the next three years I'm going to give it up everything I've got and then we'll go from there or have you got a set plan okay as soon as I turn x age that's it I'm out or are you just going to be like Cam and and Crowey and several others and, and uh Didi uh Griesbauer, another amazing yeah. athlete are you just going to keep going because you know what you can and because it is a part it's such a big part of your life yeah well I mean you look at look at Brownie and Crowey there's oh. no no way I'm gonna be racing when I'm 55 like them. Um, <laughs> oh, they're gonna love you for that comment. <laughs> oh, sorry guys. Uh, um, yeah, bloody oh, bloody 20 year old, this cheeky Bazzoni has nothing changed. Nothing's um, changed. Always who, cocky. Who knows? Who, who knows? Um, I mean, yeah, the end is definitely not in sight for me, but. But my my focus on on my goal of getting to the top of the podium is stronger than ever, and yeah. I kind of I'm not not uh, not playing the long game with that. I've kind of I've probably felt um, about three or four years ago, just before I mean before the accident, um, that that year leading into that was yeah 2017, beginning of 2018. I felt my fitness and um, I guess maturity, strength wise and uh, mentally wise, was kind of at a new level. So I definitely think, yeah, I I'm yet to kind of capitalise on on this newfound mid thirty year old strength. Um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully over the next next uh, year or two, can kind of see some some big steps in the right direction. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's a great. I mean, I love it. I've been doing it twenty one years. I've I've never once gone. Oh, yeah, I need to get another job. Or uh, yeah. yeah, the thoughts never crossed my mind. Um, I guess, yeah, everything's got its own challenges. Now the kids are getting a bit older and they'll start at school later on this year, my, my son. So just deciding okay. uh, how we navigate that. And But I mean, the yeah, Brownie did it, Crowey did it. Um, I mean, they, they, yeah, there's 
they're, they're definitely hurdles, but there's ways around them. Um, Brayden, Brayden, uh, they do a great job yeah. with schooling and, and their kids. And, and the, I mean, yeah, if you think the journeys that we get to go on as triathletes to races and training camps are pretty cool. I mean, what these kids are learning at five, six years old, oh. uh, following you around the world has, has got to be pretty huge as well. So I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm, I'll be depriving my kids, but, um, mm-hmm. You just need to, yeah. We we need to make the smart, the I guess smart decisions, the right decisions. Yeah, I I agree, and you're dead right. I've, I've seen uh, Beth and, and Luke's um, their kids. I've seen their passports, and they are just they're incredible. I, you, you wouldn't <laughs> think that uh, children that age could have passports with that many stamps in it. But yeah, and that the education they're getting is priceless. You can't you couldn't put a price on that sort of um, worldly education that they're getting. So what a life! I mean, incredible. Yeah, no, definitely. And so, T, any plans? That, I mean, obviously, you're going to race until – and I think you'll know the time. I think it was well, – like me, I, I took a year to retire and people always often ask why, but because I wanted – there were certain races and places I wanted to go to for the last time as an athlete, so that's the reason I, okay. I personally decided to do it that way. But I knew that it was it was coming to a time where it was – I needed to retire, mainly because – I wasn't, I was still training well, that was still fine, but I was finding that I would get to races and I was quite happy to settle. So you go to a race now yeah. and your sole focus is to give 100% everything you've got on the day. What that may be, um, you know, is is a, you can't always be in control of, but regardless, whatever you've got on that day, you're going to give. And I was finding that I just got to a point in time where I would I would start well, but then as soon as it started to get a little bit painful, a little bit hard, I would be, okay, well, I don't care. I'm here and that's all right, just finish. Um, so my yeah, whole okay. mentality changed. And that's that's just that was my own personal little uh, reminder to say, you know what, the the end is is, is near. Um, and then I really had to start thinking about what did I want to do after I finished racing? Did I want to go back to my, my other profession, which is a phys ed teacher, uh, which I did for 12 years, or was there something else I wanted to do? And, and I knew that I wanted to stay in the sport in some capacity. But have you started thinking about the – I know, I'm, God, this is the only – I promise this yeah. is the only hard question I'm going to ask you all, done all night. I, I hope you're uh, I hope you're not, not planting a seed, Will, and I hope you're not trying to say something. I promise I'm not. I promise. <laughs> no, no. Um, um, yeah, Chris Lieto and I used to, used to joke we uh, – oh, jeez, would have been – 2008 or 2009, wow. we, we did Vineman 70.3 in Santa Rosa and we stayed at the same homestay together and we would joke that the men in, in the black suits need to come and, if, yeah, they'll come and visit you and knock on your door and, and tell you, yeah, mate, your uh, retirement is, is up. You need to yeah. you need to hang it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I always think of that. And, uh, yeah, Miss, uh, Miss uh, not Lietta, Chris Lee. Chris Lee. Chris Lee, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss, uh, miss, miss those chats, but um, I, yeah, I, I have no idea where the end is. I, I still, I, I love, I love the sport. I love what it brings out in me, and I, I love kind of chasing those, chasing those high, those high performance gains and those high performances and races. That's that's really exciting. But I have, um, yeah, my my coach, like so originally my coach John Eckland. I mean, he started coaching me when I was. 14 years old and uh he was always like well you need to think about what you're going to do after the sport because because as we know it can end tomorrow i mean you have an accident or yeah, or whatnot true. and that could, that could be the end and 
I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he spent 20-odd years trying to tell me about that. And uh, finally, um, yeah, with the injury last year and uh, and getting a bit older and maybe wiser and then this whole COVID thing, it's kind of got me thinking just a little bit more about what the next chapter would be if, if triathlon, if I if I keep getting uh, – yeah, knocked off my bike by trucks and, and obstacles, keep jumping, obstacles keep jumping, jumping in my way. Um, yeah, what, what what would be yeah what would be something that I am passionate about that I could kind of sink my teeth into? Um, and like you, I, I mean, I would love to I would love to be involved in the sport in some way. Um, kind of being able to do those those trips, travel to races, uh, and be in race, be in uh, at races, and and absorbing that energy. Yeah. And contributing to the the energy, and uh, hopefully being able to kind of teach some of the young up and comers a thing or two um, about yeah what what works, what doesn't work, and what what can bring out the best in them. Um, so there's that, and then also um, my dad was uh, in construction most of his life, and and that's kind of that seems to be the thing that my mind keeps going back to something something in the construction industry. Oh, okay. um, and so yeah, I've, I've actually started studying part time. Um, something that nauseated me, the thought of studying for the last 20 years. Uh, I've just just just, uh, just enrolled and do on, online courses, just a couple of papers. And, um, it's, yeah, it's really, really interesting, except for when the assignments come, come due and I've procrastinated doing anything and I'm up till uh, early hours of, early hours in the morning trying to, trying to cram an assignment done. But that doesn't happen to often <laughs> oh, no we've all been there done that that was that, that that i basically got through university uh like that so i think most of us are used to the cramming i it's funny i i when we went to lockdown and i knew that i wouldn't be traveling it was i thought about getting on jumping online and, and looking at some courses to do and i never did i ended up procrastinating too long but it's been amazing to hear some of my friends that have got on and done some of the most extraordinary courses like wine making courses and um yeah. Yeah, really tough courses. Another another young friend of mine got end up getting his pilot's license, and so <laughs> some people have done some big things, and it's it's made me feel slightly insignificant, to be honest. But um, I was really Linda, you're amazing. You're amazing. You and Justin are amazing human beings. No, oh, we um we're getting old and decrepit, but we keep we keep trying. I um. <laughs> I bit off more than I can chew last weekend. Matty White, who's an ex-pro triathlete um, and is now an an absolute Adonis. He's uh, the most shredded man I know. Um, He he got us to do this uh, ridiculous challenge on Sunday morning. Went for 40 minutes and honestly, Monday, Tuesday, um, I'm literally only just been able to start moving my shoulders again. So Really? Oh, I always said I would never, I would never do any of these silly challenges because I know that you get yourself into trouble. But I, I thought this one, I'll, I'll have a crack at this one, and it, yeah, it was a bit foolish. I bit off more than I could chew, but uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Good on you, V. Good yeah, it was on you. Fun. Um, now, lastly, before we leave, obviously, family. You've got the most beautiful wife, Kelly. She's been so supportive over so many years. Every time I see her, she's an absolute breath of fresh air. Um, uh-huh. Just beautiful woman, and she's she's been she's been your rock throughout all your entire since you met through your entire career. Yeah, thanks, Belinda. She she has. Um, yeah, it's funny. We we started dating. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, we're going I was, back. <laughs> I was still a teenager. I was still a teenager when we no when we first started dating, which was just quite exciting because we I guess both of us had a uh, very little amount of baggage going uh, going forward in our lives and. 
and she's yeah she's been amazing. Her, her mum was actually a professional tennis player back in the seventies, yeah. um, early seventies. So wow. uh, yeah, so she, she's um, she played played at Wimbledon back in the day. Oh. Um, <laughs> back when uh, wooden, wooden tennis rackets were a thing. Oh yeah, um, I remember. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I've, I, yeah. So, she, so Kelly, yeah, she's no stranger to it. She she understands yeah, what it takes, what 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 I need to do, the sacrifices I need to do. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. I come back from a hard day training, and she'll like, oh yeah, cool. I'm taking the kids out now, so you can uh, you can have a nap and recover, and then we'll catch up later on. And she kind of just knows how to read read those signs, read uh-huh. read when I need I need my extra recovery, or yeah. or if uh, stuff out. needs to be picked up, she's. Yeah, she's she's amazing. So I am I am lucky, and and I know a lot of, I guess I mean every a lot of people who do the sport, most people who do the sport probably do have an understanding partner or understanding parent um, mm. that helps them out, that helps them through it, and just make sure you you take a step back every now and then and recognize that and thank them for it because. Uh, if you're anything like me, training for triathlon, you tend to be a little bit grumpy and tired a lot of the time. So uh, make sure you're aware of that. And uh, yeah, it's probably your fault if, if you guys are fighting. It's your fault. Exactly. No, I I totally I, I get you. And I hate to say it, but it is sport. It's selfish. Sport can be selfish, and and often, you know, when you're wrapped up in yourself and, and goal setting. Um, and you do start to take things for granted. So I think if there's one thing that this crazy coronavirus has taught us all is not to take anything for granted anymore and to and to appreciate that everything you have, your partners, mums and dads, um, yeah, your kids, and it's been the one great thing to come out of this. So, no, I totally agree with you there. And, yeah, you have got a wonderful wife and she's um, – very, very, very cool, as, as are your two children. So I really oh, hope wonderful. that we do open up our stupid borders and that we get we get the Kiwis <laughs> over for summer because we love we love having the Kiwi connection over here in Noosa for summer. It's um, great to have you, you all over here. So hopefully that will happen sooner rather than yeah, later. Very exciting. Good good coffee over there as well. Well, of good course. Good better, better coffee. Well, this is interesting. Better coffee than New Zealand because, I mean, Auckland's got some pretty damn good coffee. It's a tough, it's a tough call, T. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know if I would go better or um, on par. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, it's good, good coffee. I'm, I'm a little bit of a coffee snob. I like my coffee. It's, yeah, it's good coffee. And um, yeah, as long as someone's making a good cup of coffee, that it's okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when they, no, they stuff it up, then it's, uh, then it's a big deal. Then there's a problem. But, <laughs> but I, I must admit, in Noosa, the, it, it definitely seems to be more of a a scene like the yeah, coffee yeah. shops are a lot more boutique there's a lot more smaller roasters whereas in New sure. Zealand there's probably yeah half a dozen uh, main roasters that that kind of supply the coffee beans to to the cafes there's right, right, yeah not right. not uh, not quite the same culture that you guys have we do we do we do pride ourselves on our on our coffee culture so that's yeah. good. <laughs> that's all I seem to be doing these days is coffee in the mornings and and good red wine in the in the afternoons and nights. So it's not a ba- not a bad way to be, but I, I need I need a little bit more in between. So uh, be good to have some the kiwis over. Give us a little bit more entertainment. Got <laughs> the kids over when we come. <laughs> oh yeah, great. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. That'd be good. We'll we'll let, we'll let them out with the dogs. They can play with our dogs. Yeah, they, they can run around. That'll be gold. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, T, listen, thank you so much for uh, giving up your time and talking to us. Um, I'd like to say, I, you know, it's not that 
you're busy, but I know time's precious, and especially now that New Zealand, where you're you're actually allowed out and about, and, and training's back on the agenda full time. Um, I really uh, no, appreciate. It's been you. great, great to catch up. We've, we've, yeah, been been far too long since I've caught up with you, so that was exciting. And uh, oh. yeah, I hope everyone around the world is keeping safe and, and keeping sane, and uh, hopefully see you at the races at some stage in either late 2020 or early 2021. Absolutely, couldn't agree with you more. And I can't wait to—I can't wait to get to see you at the next race, and actually be allowed to give you guys a hug. So that would be <laughs> just go back to normal. Yeah. Oh, oh crazy. Normal will be good. Normal, normal's there. I'll never take normal for granted again. Um, no. Thanks, heaps, T. Please um, send my love to Kelly and the kids, and um, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Belinda. Bye. Thanks for listening to Coffee Calls with Belinda. I really hope you enjoyed listening. If you'd like to continue listening and stay updated on our latest podcasts, then please subscribe. It would also be great if you could rate our podcast and leave us a review. If you have any specific questions you'd like me to ask the athletes, then please send through to the following email address, podcast at challenge family.com. The making of these podcasts would not be possible without the wonderful help of our great partners, Powerbar, Otso, Zone 3, Lubos Billick at LB Training, Sport No Limit Group and VeloSoc. But for now, thanks so much for listening and I'll be back soon for another coffee.